Welcome to the Bell Podcast. My name is Marcy Timmerman. I'm the Executive Director of Mental Health America of Kentucky and your host of the Bell Podcast on a normal day. But actually today I am going to give over the, the reins to Rebecca Taylor, who is our um, MSW student from the University of Kentucky. We are continuing our series on COVID-19 and mental health, and this is episode five of that series. I'm gonna go ahead and let Rebecca take over from here and I will insert if we have any questions. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again, Marcy, for introducing me and we'll just kind of delve right into it. So last episode, we spoke about the emotions of people and the experience that they have had through the reopening process and if getting quote unquote back to normal is a realistic goal. And, you know, in the last podcast, we talked about how that phrase, quote, getting back to normal, unquote, is not a realistic goal because normal, the word normal cannot be used universally for everybody. And this week, we will discuss how we as human beings have resilience. And we'll talk about how resilience helps us overcome challenges in our lives, how we can recognize it. I just encourage you all to listen to this episode and see if anything connects with you with the feelings you are having during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, so we have been talking about COVID-19 and how it has disrupted our mental health as a whole, as society as a whole, whether that be anxiety, depression, or just not feeling great about ourselves. And this New York Times article states, quote, surveys show that Americans have become more depressed and anxious and experts in variety of fields have argued that COVID-19 has changed society forever, end quote. And I completely agree with this statement. I fully agree that COVID-19 has changed society forever um, in good ways and, and unfortunately in, in hard ways. You know, we don't, we don't look at this and, and think, oh, well, that's the end. Like, we're, we're just going to give up. No, like, we, we have resilience and we are going to try and, and strive to look at the, the different ways this pandemic has, has influenced our lives, whether that be for good or for bad. We look at this COVID-19 pandemic and we think, I just wish that we could not distance ourselves from other people, not have reservations about being in big crowds, and we probably won't throw away our masks for years just because we'll hold on to that mask for fear that states will go into lockdown again or to practice good health safety. And some questions that I have are, will some jobs work from home permanently now? Are side hustles going to be the big winner for next generation's income? And these are all side effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. So obviously there are going to be symptoms that come from COVID-19, not just in the way we mingle with people, but also in our mental health, as we have talked about in previous episodes. And the New York Times article states, quote, it is real and it will linger for many, but it's also important to underscore that most people who are exposed to stress and trauma do not necessarily develop clinical depression or post-traumatic stress disorder, end quote. And it can be hard to, to see these people go through such exposed stress and trauma from this pandemic, but I look at the people that are able to talk about their mental health, they're very openly, very raw, very vulnerable, and applaud them for that. I mean, I am a student going into a master's or trying to get my master's in social work. And, you know, I try hard 
to try to be that raw, vulnerable person to talk about my mental health. And, you know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's very hard to be that raw, vulnerable, open person. But I I hope that through this podcast, y'all can see that I am striving to step over those hurdles and in, in seeing my vulnerability in that, I hope you all can do that as well. So to go back to that statement that the New York Articles Times had talked about, you know, we don't, we don't always have to have clinical depression or post-traumatic stress disorder to have our mental health affected by COVID-19. You know, we are all on this mental health spectrum and, you know, we don't have to be on the severe levels of PTSD or clinical depression. We are all on this spectrum in different um, journeys of our lives in mental health during this COVID-19 pandemic. And if we can just, you know, realize that, support each other in that and rally around each other in making mental health a a normal topic to talk about in society, we will be so much better. And we shouldn't think the worst when our mental health is struggling. And that's one thing that I want to talk about. You know, COVID-19, yes, it has it has caused our mental health to struggle, but that doesn't mean that we need to look at ourselves and really analyze ourselves and diagnose ourselves and, and think, oh my goodness. I have clinical depression. Or, oh my goodness, I have PTSD. Because that is not for us to do. That is for a professional mental health person to do so that they can help guide us. But if we do that by ourselves, it, it can be really hard. And it's just not necessarily, that is not the job for society to do. Uh, the Another quote that I want to talk about in the New York Times article states, quote, but people should feel a measure of relief at having navigated COVID to this point and not forget the face that humans are more resilient than we realize, end quote. So as we look at ourselves throughout this pandemic, we should realize that I did a good job. I mean, I navigated myself to here. Yes, I've had some losses. Yes, I've had some triggers. Yes, I have even tried diagnosing myself. But I stopped it there and I can let a professional do that. And, you know, with this statement of the New York Times article, I felt empowered. I felt like I was this resilient human being who got to this point at this time during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was able to realize my own self-worth also. And so I hope through this little statement in the New York Times article, we can realize that we all have resiliency during hard times, mediocre times, and even through good times. Like that never leaves us. Resiliency is always there. And so resiliency is a great human skill and it helps us navigate through those, those hard times and it doesn't take away those symptoms of the hard challenges that we face. I mean, obviously you know, we've all struggled with COVID-19 and we all have resilience, but it hasn't taken away this pandemic. But we are able to look at the resilience and the traits that we have in each of our resilience journeys and be able to cope with these different challenges. And the New York article, New York Times article states, the ability to cope with adversity is the essence of resilience, but it doesn't mean that there is no psychological distress, end quote. 
And I love that because it allows us to feel distress. It allows us to recognize these feelings of whether it be remorse, grief, just feeling low and depressed or, you know, other feelings that we are feeling at this time. Sometimes it's hard to even label those feelings. You know, that statement right there allows us to feel the feelings we are feeling, feel them, deal with them, and then we are able to trudge on ahead. You know, as adults in society, we always like to have a plan. We always want to know what is our next step? What are we going to do the next day? Especially for the people who are guardians of kids. I'm sure those kids are asking all the time, what's going to happen? What, what's going to happen in the future with COVID-19? Are we still going to have to wear masks? And all these questions are bombarded to these guardians. And I'm sure you want to give your kids answers. And it can be hard as adults to not know what you are doing or to not have the best answer for your kids. But there is hope somewhere deep inside our head because we think, you know what? I might not have the best answer for my kid, my student, my whatever that child is in your life, we might not have the best answer. Or even for ourselves, we might not have the best answer. But in the back of our head, there is this little hope saying, it's okay, we will, we will try to do it. And in a podcast that I listened to, there's a statement about resiliency and it says, this is hard, but I'll try and do it anyways. And that's what resiliency is, you know, We recognize that the struggle or challenge or obstacle in front of us is hard. But instead of giving up, we say, but I'll try and do it anyways. All of us haven't given up during this pandemic. We have admitted that it's hard, but we are trying our best to overcome it. And going back to helping children being resilient, you know, we can help children recognize that the challenge is hard, but they can do it and do their best to overcome it. You know, that little, that little sentence that I just said, this is hard, but I'll try and do it. We can help our kids recognize that same thing, recognize that the challenge is hard, but that they can try and overcome it and that they can do it. You know, another thing that guardians and parents can do is validate the feelings of these children. Make sure that they realize it's okay to feel these feelings of distress, anxiety, depression, validate them, but help them not wallow in it and help them be able to to use that resiliency for good and overcome the hard pandemic struggles. And, you know, this isn't just for children. You know, maybe we don't have kids in our lives or maybe we just don't have, um, we aren't there in a part of our lives. I mean, I'm certainly not. I don't have kids of my own, but I can help others recognize their resiliency as well. And I can do that through modeling. I can model this phrase of, yeah, it's hard, but I can try and I can do it. And another way that I can model is, is, through, is through realizing that what works for me doesn't work for everybody else. And I want to go into that a little bit. So we all know the golden rule, do unto others as I have done unto you you know, that gist of the golden rule. But let's take that a little step further because that golden rule is almost like the word normal. What works for me might not work for everybody else. And so we look at this golden rule and we think, okay, I can switch this into a more healthier 
and better way to help other people. So instead of thinking, do unto others as I have done unto you, I can think, you know, what has worked for them and how can I help them realize that that is their strength and realize that that is the best coping skill that they need right now. Not what I have done, but what they can do. And that might not be the same attention that some people want. That might not be the same attention that I want. But we need to have that in the back of our heads, realizing that it's okay to strive and recognize other people's coping strategies. And even realize that there are different levels of resiliency. Some people are more resilient than others. I do recognize that mostly because of the different experiences that people have gone through. And some people go through different challenges in their lives and maybe it might not bother them, but if I were to go through that same challenge, it might bother me. And that's okay because we are all on different stages of this resiliency spectrum, just like we are on the, res on the mental health spectrum. We are all in different stages, all in different journeys, but we can still rally together to support one another through this COVID-19 pandemic. And another quote from the New York Times article states, quote, while the pandemic has undeniably caused extraordinary stress and sadness, research on human resilience suggests that people will recover from the trauma of the pandemic faster than many believe, end quote. And it's so true because, you know, without resilience, we wouldn't be where we are right now. We wouldn't be trying to reopen in different states. We wouldn't be trying to reopen in Kentucky right now. And it is all because of this resilience. Because, I mean, it just stated it right there in that article or in that quote, that people will recover from trauma of the pandemic faster than many believe. Because we are our own worst critics. We expect ourselves to be at the top of the of the chain when we might actually be, you know, in the middle. And that is okay because we are in a pandemic. We are experiencing trauma and it's okay to give ourselves a little bit of grace. And we might not feel great about ourselves right now during this exact moment, but we are progressing and we should strive to recognize that even though it is super hard and I realize that. And another quote that I want to state in this podcast says, quote, it's also true that humans' ability to overcome adversity is often underestimated and that an overwhelming majority of people who suffer, who suffer trauma will not develop mental illness, but eventually feel better. And I love that because, you know, like I said, we are our own worst critics we realize that we do underestimate ourselves. We realize that we think, oh my goodness, I don't have the best answer for so-and-so, or I don't even have the best answer for myself to get up the next day and try to get up and get over the COVID-19 obstacles. But it is also because we don't give ourselves enough credit. We don't give ourselves enough grace to see the little progresses that we do throughout the day. And if we look at those little steps of progress, that we will come out of trauma without mental illness. And everybody's journey is unique during COVID-19. Yes, maybe I don't come out of COVID-19 without a mental illness, but if so-and-so does, maybe 
my best friend is struggling and maybe she might have a mental illness. That doesn't make her less of a person than I am. That just means she was resilient in her own way and she might need professional help. And that is okay because I can stand there behind her and rally her through this therapeutic help that she needs to get. You know, we can, she can help me. She can even tell me what she's learning in her therapeutic setting and tell me different coping skills and strategies that she's learning. So we all can, you know, unite around each other throughout this COVID-19. You know, and I thought that it was interesting as I studied resilience to realize that people have different resiliency levels. That to me was very, very mind boggling because I, me being my self-critic, I thought, you know, we were all on the same page. We were all in on the same spectrum in the same place. And, you know, that's okay. I was able to learn from it and I was able to grow from that and realize that, yes, we are all on this spectrum, but we are all in different points of this spectrum. And the quote from the New York Times article states, quote, experts have been long interested in why some people are more resilient than others in the face of stress, including after events like wars and natural disasters, end quote. And I mean, you could even go on Spotify and look up resilience, and it's a hot topic. So many different people talk about resiliency, and I think it's out of the goodness of these people who don't want people to suffer. They want to be able to help every single human being have that resilience, find out the quotient of resiliency, hand it to everybody and say, here you go, here's your ticket, we'll be okay throughout this COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, it's really hard because there is not a universal quotient for everybody because we are all on our different unique journeys. As people try to find this quotient, it reassures me and everybody else that listens to these podcasts know that people care to find something that can help others. And another quote from the New York Times article states, quote, but there are things that people can do to foster emotional and physical resilience, including maintaining social bonds, getting regular exercise, and finding ways to reduce stress, among other things, end quote. And I love that because, yes, that talks about how we are all on these different journeys of resilience, but it it does hit the little basic steps and strategies that we can use to help us see resilience in a different perspective and reduce stress in a different perspective. And they named it right there, social bonds, exercise, and finding different ways to reduce stress because, you know, I might like to, I might like to go rollerblading and Marcy might like to paint and that's completely different opposite. And I might follow my, I might follow my behind as a rollerblade. And that's okay because that's just like life. That's just like what we are going through right now through COVID-19. We will fall on our behinds, but we will be able to get back up because of each of the resilience that each of us have. And it's okay to, to look at resilience in a different way, but, but it is that perspective that helps us get and find our resilience. And, you know, sometimes throughout COVID-19 pandemic, I have seen how my feelings are clouded. So I might want to just wallow in the anxiety that I feel with 
exams coming up or different assignments coming up or just not feeling motivated to do anything. I mean, I've been there, done that, and it's, it's hard. It's hard to have these feelings cloud our judgment. But as we recognize, label them, and feel them for set a time limit for yourself, I've gone as far as an hour and a half to feel the feelings that I feel, and that's okay. But after that time limit is up, after my timer rings, I say, okay, I'm done. I need to try to to move on. And that is easier said than done. I will admit that as a master's social work student, it is not easy. You know, we don't have to do that alone. We can have these social bonds and I can talk to my husband about my feelings. I can talk to different friends about my feelings throughout the COVID-19 pandemic or other struggles that I have. And they will be able to unite with me, help me realize that I do have resilience. And I hope that we can recognize those social bonds in our lives and use them to our ability to help us realize the resilience that we have. And another quote that I want to mention is, quote, social support, for example, has been shown to strengthen resiliency by increasing self-esteem and the sense of control. Social connectedness also inhibits activation of fear and anxiety circuits in the, in the brain, end quote. And I love that because, you know, as we do have this social support system and we do have this connectedness, it helps us not go into a spiral, first of all, and it helps us not go deep into the hole, as Brene Brown would say, and be wallowing, not just wallowing, but being consumed with the fear and anxiety that we have uh, for COVID-19, for our future, for different people that we love in our lives. It is so important and crucial that we have these social connections because we as human beings hate being out of control. It is, it is something that I, I don't even understand. I think that's just the way human beings are wired. But we just love to be in control. We like to realize that we are the author of our story and that nothing can sway that, move that, and tell us otherwise. And so it's, it's good to have these social connections because they are able to tell us that we are in control, to tell us, oh, no, you're okay. You're not crazy. I feel the same thing. And then they will be able to also be with us in the moment of our struggles. And as we talk to these people that we trust and love and have good communication with, they can empower and relieve us of the different and sometimes scary feelings that we have during COVID-19. Resiliency is not just a positive outlook on hard struggles. And I want to, to recognize that. It's, it's not. It's not this, if I just have a positive attitude, everything will go well. No, resiliency is... It's almost looked at as a virtue because, you know, we hold, we hold our values very close to us. But how do we hold these values close to us if there isn't a protective umbrella over it? And that is what resiliency is. Resiliency is this protective umbrella over our personal moral values that we have. And, you know, without that resilience, our values would be scattered everywhere. We would have to go pick them up off of 
a railroad track or pick them up off of my doorstep and pick them off off of my pillow because sometimes I just want to lay there and cry. It's okay because this resiliency umbrella that I have and that we all have helps us keep our values close together and it helps us have a different perspective of these values in our lives and how each of these values helps us overcome the different struggles throughout COVID-19 and helps us recognize that, yes, we are all in different stages of our lives. And yes, my best friend might not have the same struggle that I am in right now and currently, you know, dealing with, but because of the difference that she has, she's able to help me see a different perspective. Or maybe my other friend might have the same similar struggle. And we will be able to communicate that with each other and validate our feelings for each other and help us feel like we are not, for lack of a better word, crazy in thinking the things that we are feeling. And so it's okay with this resiliency umbrella to realize that we all have similarities and we all have differences in those values. But with each step that we take with our social connections, it helps us get us closer to making sure that our resiliency umbrella is staying where it needs to stay and holding our values close to to us as we go through different traumas in our lives. And, you know, another topic that I want to talk about is the losses that we have suffered during COVID-19. And that can include ourselves, that can include family members or friends that have lost people because we can still feel grief even though it can be secondary. I mean, your friend can lose somebody and you can you can still feel sorry for them. You can still feel a little bit of grief for them. And the New York Times article states, quote, what this means about the psychology of returning is that we've left pieces of ourselves everywhere and returning touches each of these points and awakens us to them. Have you ever been jolted back in time by a certain smell? Have you noticed that there is one day that reminds you that autumn is on the way, end quote. And it's, it's very true. I mean, yes, there are pieces of ourselves scattered everywhere. They aren't our values, but they are pieces of us scattered everywhere because of COVID-19. And as we return back to the reopening process or having the Delta variant in our sites now, it, it's, it will be hard to, to look and be reminded of those losses. But hopefully we don't look back at these losses in sadness, but we can look back and say, wow, I overcame that. My resilience helped me do that. Resilience is a unique journey, just like our mental health. And so the main message that I want to, the main message for this podcast is that we are capable to tackle adversities and it's all due to our resiliency umbrella. That resiliency umbrella helps keep our values close to ourselves and it helps us be able to socially connect with others and gain their perspectives so that we can ultimately gain a very humble and a very diverse perspective of different adversities that come up in our lives and that we will be able to remember we are only able to see it in this perspective because of our resilience. Just give yourselves a little bit of grace. I know I've said that a lot um, throughout these podcasts and it's hard, but as we continue to do that, to 
remember the grace that we have and remember the resiliency that we each have, it will help our perspectives be a little bit brighter. And remember to rally around your friends, rally around your loved ones, and unite with them because those social connections are crucial. And so for a recap of this episode, we've talked a lot about resiliency and we all have it. We all have resiliency. Yes, we may be on different We may be on different spots on the spectrum of resiliency. Just remember that we each have it. And and remember that resiliency is a virtue that we have built up for ourselves because of our values and the different perspectives that we have. And that umbrella can be held up loud and proud during our, our adversities. And we can even hold it over other people as they go through different struggles obstacles and adversities in our lives, especially during COVID-19. And we might not always realize the strengths that our resiliency has, but let us recognize those. Let us come together, unite in the different strengths that we have, the similar strengths that we have. Raise our umbrellas high, raise our resiliency umbrellas high. And we can do that through, you know, exercising social bonds and gaining new perspectives. But that's the main message that I want to to get across in this podcast today is be unique. Realize that you are your own journey and that your resilience is yours to keep. So raise that resiliency umbrella proud. And that is the end of episode five. Um, Next week, we will be able to discuss a little bit of brain fog in the last episode of this COVID-19 series. Awesome. Thank you so much, Becca. So it was a hard day and I appreciate you taking over for the podcast today. Um, and folks, don't forget, this is Mental Health America of Kentucky's podcast. We love your donations at mhaky.org. Also, if you'd like to follow up on resilience or have more in-depth information, feel free to contact us through our website. Again, that's www.mhaky.org or our phone number 859-684-7778, which we accept phone calls and texts. So feel free to text us. We are part of the modern age. Uh, again, thank you for Rebecca Taylor for stepping in and taking over today. appreciate you doing episode five solo. Um, but yes, any questions you have, folks, reach out to us. We thank you so much. Uh, and don't forget, we all have mental health. Take care of yours. Have a good day. <laughs>